1: Welcome back to part two. We are here in the moon underwater. I, John Robbins, the landlord, Robin, Robin Allender, the lovely Robin, uh, my regular. And this week's guest creating her dream pub is Katie Thistleton. And Katie, I saw you in some distress uh, just as we sort of uh, moved from part one to part two because you were on those tenterhooks about the quiz and they were causing you some physical discomfort. I saw there, those tenterhooks.
2: Yes, I think, yeah, showing my age a little bit here with some of those theme tunes. I think I've got number two, but I'm not so sure on the others.
1: I wonder if actually we're all too young yeah. to, to know any what well, even any of those programmes might have been.
2: <laughs> I know of all the three programmes in the option for clip one. Mm. Only one of them have I ever really watched a bit of. And I recognise the tune, but I, ugh, I just couldn't tell you.
3: Robin, put us out of our misery, please. Thanks, John. Yes, so thanks so much to Max Tundra for whistling those theme tunes. And the first clip, uh, the options were Some Mothers Do Have Them, Hello, Hello, or Birds of a Feather.
2: Well, I recognise it, so I'm going to go Hello, Hello.
3: Hello, Hello, it was.
2: Yay!
3: It very much was. The theme tune was written by one of the writers, David Croft, with Roy Moore. And remarkably, actress Carmen Silvera, who played Edith, added lyrics to the song and released it as a single in 1986. Wow. Same thing happened with EastEnders theme.
1: Yeah, it did. Did
2: it? What did they sing to it? EastEnders, EastEnders.
1: No, anyone can fall in love. Oh, God, I remember that. It's Anita Dobson.
2: What a terrible idea.
1: Hey, I'll not hear a word said against the dobster. Or Mrs. Sir Brian May.
2: Could you do it with Coronation Street? <laughs> Coronation Street. Coronation Street.
3: Birds of a Feather had a nice theme tune, though. What oh, do really? You yeah, do yeah.
2: when you are far away. Mm, yes. Na, 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 na. What did I do? That was lovely.
3: Anyway, question two was the multiple choice was Channel 4 News, Newsnight or Panorama? So, Katie...
2: God, I thought it was panorama, and now I'm like, is it news night?
1: Would you like a little bit of it?
2: Go on, then. (слиk) Oh, God. I'm going to go Channel 4 News.
1: I'm also going Channel 4 News. It is Channel 4 News.
2: It is Channel 4 News. God, do you know what? The only thing that was stopping me thinking it was that is what a long theme tune for the news
3: well the, the the original doesn't have that kind of voice of the builder sort of interrupting it yeah. well no no <laughs> it'd be quite confusing
2: <laughs> but it goes on quite a while doesn't it
3: uh the third one um was it robin's nest butterflies or sorry with uh, ronnie corbett so katie
2: i've never even heard of any of those shows <laughs> i'm gonna go sorry
3: i'm also going sorry you both got three out of three it is Sorry. <gasps>
2: that was a complete guess.
3: Sorry was a, a, it's a brilliant theme tune, which has been covered by Matt Berry. Uh, and it was composed by Gaynor Coburn and Hugh Wisdom. And the recording was conducted by the great Ronnie Hazlehurst, who uh, he composed many great theme tunes, including some others do have them. Superb stuff. Perfect,
1: perfect scores from both of us.
2: I know. I'm surprised I did so well at that.
1: And thanks again to Max Tundra. What, yeah, what, a a, what a whistler. One of the great whistlers. And music's gain has been uh, Shepherding's loss, if you ask me. <laughs> he could have been one of the great sheepdog trainers. You're absolutely right. We head back to Katie Thistleton's dream pub. So far, we've got Diet Coke and Coke Zero on draft, J2O and Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc white wine in bottles, but we move on to your spirit choices. Are you much of a spirit drinker, Katie?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I like a gin. So I'm going to go for a, a gin as my first one. But I honestly think, are these so far, have these been the most common choices of anyone you've ever had on? Oh,
1: goodness me, no. No, check out <laughs> Alistair Green.
2: Okay, good. Um, because, yeah, my drink choices are a little bit common. So much so, I actually only just recently started drinking wine without putting lemonade in it white wine. Like I, my palate has only just advanced to be able to handle white wine without lemonade in it. And when I first started going out with my now husband, we'd go out with his like parents and they like, seemed to like know their wines. And his dad would agonize for ages over the wine list. And and then was really offended once when I just stuck a cloudy lemonade in with this really nice expensive wine. Ooh. They didn't have any other option. There was only cloudy available. And that's when I learned that cloudy lemonade doesn't really work as a spritzer. But yeah, I do have quite common uh, drink choices and I'm going for a gin and I will offend people with this, but I'm going for a pink gin.
1: Nothing wrong with a pink gin. Any brand in particular?
2: I like a gin that tastes pink. My favourite one is the Two Birds strawberry and vanilla gin. That is excellent and they sell it on moon pig it's funny because when, when I try and find it
3: this
2: is the thing right they don't sell it in any of the supermarkets near me but I had it in a bar once and I was like god that's a good pink gin what's that and they said it's the two birds strawberry vanilla so then I googled it and one of the main places you can get it moon pig. so I will often just moon pig myself a bottle of it um, which is nice because it just feels like you're getting a gift but it's from me to me
3: I thought it would be like your friends are saying, like, God, you're getting me a lot of birthday cards at the moment. You know? Like, yes. you, you don't have to get a greetings card. Yeah, just oh. for
2: an excuse. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. I'll just bulk buy some cards and maybe yeah. stick a bottle of gin in while I'm at it. Yeah, after have to it to myself.
1: Katie, it's also available from very well-respected uh, alcohol merchants, Master of Malt. Okay. They actually have tasting notes by Master of Malt. Uh, it's got one review, one star, <laughs> too sweet... May be good for fans of gin liqueurs. Very sweet, syrupy, almost like a liqueur. The flavourings work together, but way too much sugar. Obviously hiding the harsh alcohol, as there's not much gin coming through either. Oh,
2: well, that says it all. I
1: mean, But whoever's written that's
3: just got a condolences card from yeah. the Olympic as well. So <laughs> They weren't feeling tip-top.
2: <laughs> well, that's that says it all. If I read that review, I'd go, brilliant, sign me up, get me 10 <laughs> bottles of it, because I want things to taste sweet. I am a, a, I've got a sweet tooth, I'm a sugar addict, and the sweeter the better. There's no alcohol taste, and it just tastes like I'm essentially drinking a child's drink, like a J2O. That's what I want.
1: Well, in sort of witness for the defence, on Amazon, you get it on Amazon, it's got 16 reviews, averaging 4.7 stars.
2: Oh, okay. Is that out of five or ten? That's
1: uh, out of five. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, you're good.
1: And it's there in your dream pub because we like what we like. So pink gin, two birds, strawberry and vanilla from com.
2: <laughs> it's actually more red in colour, actually. That that makes it sound less basic. I'm just having a pink gin.
1: Uh, and what would be your second choice?
2: My second would be a rum. So rum used to sort of always be my spirit of choice before I discovered that I liked gin because... I thought I didn't like gin, but it turns out I don't like tonic. And this is a mistake lots of people make.
1: That's a superb point.
2: Honestly, so many people think I don't like gin. It's the tonic that's the nasty, bitter stuff. So then once I started having gin with lemonade, I was like, oh, no, I do like gin. So my mum claims that she drinks gin and tonic because of the calming... uh, uh, qualities of the quinine in tonic water but I think it might be something to do with the alcohol content but yeah I've realized I don't like tonic water my palate is not advanced enough for that so I've now discovered gin and lemonade so that's what I tend to drink but what used to be my spirit before that was rum and coke and I've I don't have this as much now and I'll tell you for why because if I have a heavy night on on the spirits and mix them with coke (laughs) coca-cola then the next day when I go to have a hangover coca-cola all the terrible memories of the alcohol come back. Mm.
4: Ah, so shot. I
2: don't like to use Coke as a mixer anymore because I like to drink it in my day-to-day life. And it's just, and it also, then it just tastes like a less good Coke because then it's just a Coke with alcohol taste in it.
1: And, and I guess for the same reason, you don't have like whiskey with bacon and eggs. And <laughs> exactly uh, like Luke's Aid and um, and vodka and that kind of thing.
2: Exactly because that's just going to ruin that that breakfast, isn't it? That hangover breakfast. So I do like a rum. Um, I used to love a white rum. I and I and I used to like a bit of Malibu. I won't lie to you. That was the first drink I got drunk on. I remember going to a house party when I was in college and taking a bottle of Malibu and drinking pretty much the whole bottle, I think, because I didn't. I was confused by how alcohol worked and because it tastes so sweet and coconut because obviously it's white rum with coconut Malibu, you can very easily get that down. And I remember my mum picking me up <laughs> and me trying so hard in the passenger seat to act sober. And it must have been so obvious, you know, when we look back and we're like... Like it would be so obvious to me now if I had a teenage daughter and in the car she was trying to act sober like it must have been the most obvious thing in the world. But to be fair, she didn't lecture me, but I was quite sick that night off the Malibu and I can no longer drink um, Malibu and pineapple, which I used to quite like because that sort of brings back those horrible memories.
1: So what uh, is there a specific rum you're after?
2: Kinda like a spiced rum now. Mm hmm. I like a Kraken. Ooh. Mm. I like a standard Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan do a really nice spice drum. There you go. I feel like it's a good s- summer. I often drink more rum in summer. I'll maybe make a little mojito at home or sometimes I'll have a rum and ting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like in summer I get more in a kind of rum mood, maybe because we just want to feel like we're Caribbean.
1: Gin and ting is, is superb.
2: Is it? Oh, I've never done a gin and ting. That could be my new favourite.
1: Sorry, what's that? that? I've not heard of this.
2: Ting is like a grapefruit uh, fizzy drink. Yeah, like a Caribbean.
1: It's equidistant between lilt and bitter lemon. Yes. Mm.
2: With lilt that they're getting rid of us all today. No. Yeah, they're just continuing it.
1: Oh, my goodness me. Well, there's no hope for anyone.
2: John, do you often drink lilt?
1: I haven't had a lilt for (laughs) 15 years, but I will defend my right to have one.
2: (laughs) same this is what always happens whenever like a food or drink item is cancelled we all go up in arms and actually we're like yeah but I've, i never have it but i want to know the options there do you
1: know what i had the other day in a chip shop which was just blissful was a can of rio i was gonna say rio oh, nice Rio. Why didn't I ever mix Rio with booze?
2: And this is the thing, you can do that. And my nieces and nephews, who are like in their sort of early 20s, we go on holiday and stuff, they'll have vodka and Fanta orange. They might have a vodka and Fanta lemon. And I never think to just mix, you can mix any soft drink with spirits.
1: Well, okay. so, I I mean, yeah, it is getting pretty, it's youthful, the selection here. I think you're (laughs) going to have to have a pretty strict ID policy here. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: it is a dream. My pub is a dream for people who have very young palates.
1: If you get associated with underage drinking, Moonpig will drop their sponsorship like that. <laughs> <laughs> also, if I yeah. were to do
2: food at my pub, I would it would be chicken nuggets, smiley faces, you know. Yeah. Turkey dinosaurs. I always had this dream of like opening up like a, a sort of trendy northern quarter restaurant in manchester that did that kind of stuff there's loads of that now they, they shove smiley faces and turkey dinosaurs on anything in, in any place in the northern quarter but i always kind of had a dream of doing that sort of opening a, a restaurant for people with childlike palates what a
1: treat it is turning out to be i think we need to find out a little bit more about what else is going on in this pub but before then we're going to um expand our literary canon as we head over into the moon underwater pub library with the lovely robin mm.
3: Thanks, John. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. And this week, it's a writer called Anna Kinsella, who is an Irish writer who lives in uh, London now. She wrote a really, really good thing for Vittles. I don't know if you subscribe to Vittles. It's a, a Substack newsletter
1: about food and drink. I don't really understand Substack, John, you're a sub-stacker, aren't you? I'm a Substacker, are not you i am a Substackian. quite recently because the mailing list provider I used to update people about my stand-up just basically got shut down. Twitter bought it, then shut it down. Someone's Substack now. And it's like a sort of... um, It's a way of connecting to artists through their sort of blogging, I guess... Yeah, I found it the most confusing website I've ever looked at <laughs> in my life, but
3: but no, it, it, I, I see what it's what it's doing. But anyway, Vittles is a very good um, sub-stack account with lots of good things about food and drink and pubs and things, and Anna Kinsella wrote a really good uh, piece, this was earlier this year, called Nine Ways of Looking at a Pint of Guinness, which is really good, and a few people recommended this to me, and I thought it was, it's a really lovely piece of writing. And I'll just read the last bit, so this is the ninth way of looking at Pint of Guinness, so here we go. Here are some things I think Guinness is. It's my very first pint on holiday with friends in County Kerry. A group of us around a table, the Atlantic Ocean behind us. It's Slattery's pub in Wrathmines, the old traditional interior with its corridor of mirrors and its cosy corner snug. It's watching a rugby match, or a football match, or a soccer match, or watching no match at all, but talking about one. It's Christmas, just like in the ads, white snow falling over the black night. It's old friends. It's after the wedding ceremony, before the reception, when you've ducked into a quiet pub on the way through town. It's homecoming, often. In Dublin, during the second summer of lockdown, I sat outside Kehoe's on South Ant Street and watched a man march up to the door where the barman was waiting. The man pushed a tiny baby in a pram and was accompanied by an older woman. "'I've come 9,000 miles from Australia to bring my mother and my daughter here for a pint of Guinness,' the man announced. "'Did you walk?' the barman replied, deadpan, and opened the door for them. I knew how the returning emigrant felt. It's home when you're not home, and it's the knowledge of home's intricacies once you're back. For my part, I enjoy Guinness most when I'm happy, sharing it with people I love who are happy too. The rest is pub chat, the ramblings of the drinker who has spent too long at the bar. That's
2: lovely. It's really good.
3: You should read the whole piece. It's brilliant. That's it's beautiful. Very, really I
2: really, really enjoyed that.
3: That's
1: amazing. Long live the pub. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. I think, sort of, that in a way explains what Substack is for, because where else would that live? It's a re- it's a good way of just sort of communicating stuff to people wider than just you might be able to on your website.
2: Yeah, unless that was a piece commissioned by Guinness or yeah. something like, where else would it sit? Yeah, unless it was an ad. <laughs> Yeah, but it's that is that is beautiful. I love that. I'm also at that stage in life where I think when you get into your 30s, you're so about the pub. Like, a, a couple of nights that I've had recently, we've for some reason ended up in, like, a club, and I just don't want to be anywhere. I, I want to sit down. Like, I just mm. want to sit in a cosy pub. With, maybe there's a fire. Maybe there's karaoke and and have some good chat and drink some pink chin. <laughs>
1: We're about to head over to the jukebox here in The Moon Underwater, but I wanted to ask you more about what, what you see inside of this pub of yours. Uh, obviously, the selection of drinks so far is pretty dynamic. <laughs> it's quite sweet. What are, are there sort of entertainment forms? Uh, is there a sort of a vibe to the decor? Is there a theme, anything like that?
2: I do love um, a pub singer. I'm all for a, a pub with entertainment and a pub singer, but I also do want a lot of karaoke. I think I'd have a pub singer on five days a week and karaoke on the other two. Friday, Saturday nights are for the karaoke. The pub sing, you know, you've got, you've got a good singer on for the other nights and then those two nights are reserved for the people like me who are frustrated pop stars. We can't sing, but on a Friday, Saturday night down the mountain dew, it doesn't matter. I asked the karaoke man to put the backing vocals up pretty high so no one mm-hmm. knows how bad it is and I get to, you know... I get to be one of those pop stars for a minute. I love it.
3: What's your go-to?
2: So my usual go-to is ABBA, Thank You For The Music, Mm. There's a few reasons I like this one. Number one, it's basically a song about how great a singer she is. So there's a nice irony in it when you're singing. Everyone listens when I start to sing when you're a bad singer like me. I enjoy that. She also says in it, I'm the girl with golden hair. So I like to sort of waft my blonde hair about when I do that mm. bit. It's a good crowd play- Everyone, 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 oh, thank you for the music. Uh, duh, duh. Um, it's also the only song with sort of like a, a high note that I for some reason can hit that note at the end where, what a life, what a chance. Um, And that just gets everyone, oh, everyone loves that. you know. They eat it up, so that's one of my favorites. Um, I've recently been doing a little bit of uh, Hopelessly Devoted to You as well from, Mm. from Greece. I just did that one one day and I did it at the pub. One of the, there's two pubs we go to for the karaoke and one of them, I think he has the music up really high. So I sang that in this one pub and I thought, God, I can sing that so well, that's brilliant. Then I did it a few weeks later in the other pub and it was absolutely disastrous. So I think it was something to do with either his microphone or how loud he had had the music. So whenever I go to that pub, I like to do a bit of that.
1: Fantastic choices. We'll have to come and see you perform.
2: (laughs) You'd always be welcome with me and Hacker the Dog, Phil Fletcher, down, uh, down the Mountain Dew. It's a bloody great night, honestly, let me tell you. Uh, he also has the same uh, disgustingly sweet taste in drinks as me so much so that his new thing is getting a disaronno on the rocks and pretending it's a whiskey
3: Ah, uh, we've all done that i'm not I, I don't mind that we've we've discussed this quite a lot like we've discussed drinks that taste like what you thought whiskey might taste like when you were younger
2: <laughs> if only whiskey tasted like Disserano, i would be so on the whiskey yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's what he does now. And has it in a sort of like whiskey glass so that he can look like he's just having a whiskey on the rocks with his mature palate. But actually, it's just <laughs> pure Disserano <laughs> and it's so sweet. And then he always gets a round of shots as well whenever we go to that pub. And the only shots they do are like cherry and apple sours. <laughs> and you, I, honestly, I think you could do about 30 of them and you wouldn't feel an effect. Like,
3: <laughs> hackers just slightly kind of weirder the next day or something. Oh, uh, well, uh, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> I think. Uh, The sort of the um, decor-wise. Do you know what I think is so very important? Low-level lighting. I want good lighting for the selfies. And too many pubs these days, just this bright sort of lighting, it needs to be nice and moody and and really sort of be set in the mood and and be good for a a selfie. I like a cosy vibe in a pub.
1: Yeah, you're so right. There is a bit of a fashion for quite stark, sort of industrial-style lighting in pubs. Uh, You would agree with that, wouldn't
3: you, Rob? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of this Green King pub we went to on Saturday, which might be the worst pub I think I've ever been to,
1: yeah, it was pretty pretty appalling,
3: <laughs> but that was quite brightly lit, and they were playing that jess Glynn song oh, which no. i i'm I'm not i which i i kind of No no offence to Jess Glynn, but it just makes me feel carsick when I hear it. Yeah,
1: no one needs that. That doesn't sound good. um, What's the lyric? Darling, hold my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's ever playing in a pub, walk straight out of the pub.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think it's that... Is that the one that they play on Jet 2? Is that why everyone... Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's the why. That's why. Why why did she or Jet 2 think that was a good idea? Because everyone just resents it so much now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a real catastrophe, that pub, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, speaking of music, both appropriate and inappropriate for uh, a pub, what album are you going to add to the Moon Underwater jukebox?
2: I I think, I thought long and hard about this, it's hard to just pick one album, isn't it, from all your favourite albums, but I think I'm going to go with Arctic Monkeys and AM, which I think is the best Arctic Monkeys album And this is the album that this was out when me and my husband first started sort of seeing each other. So I feel like we just very much fell in love to this album. And we got a lot of... He got a lot of fond memories, like so many of the this. I feel like this album just tells a story of us sort of getting together, and um and yeah, we love it. And I have lots of nice pub memories from that time as well. I feel like we started going out. We just lived like money was no object. He lived in the center of Manchester at the time. We were just eating out, drinking out every weeknight, like you do when you first get into a, a relationship, and then and then you're like, oh. We better start saving for a deposit on a house or something. And then that kind of stopped. So I've got a lot of nice, fond memories of cosy pubs at that time as well, like going sitting in a nice chair with a glass of wine by a fire. And so I thought I'd go for that one.
1: A glass of wine and lemonade.
2: Back then it would have been a (laughs) glass of wine and lemonade. Yeah, before I I got married. I honestly felt we got married a year and a half ago and literally overnight so we got married in October and then that Christmas I started drinking gin and Baileys and Alex was like oh my god you've just like become a wife because I feel like both of those drinks like my mum and sister drink a lot of gin and a have of Baileys and I never appreciated either of those things until then and I was like I've started drinking wine with no lemonade gin and Baileys so I was like god I've become like a proper woman absolutely it was like a transition we got married and I, I all of a sudden liked all the mum drinks
1: <laughs> the mum's cabinet exactly so next up is your wild card choice now quite a lot of quite a lot resting on this yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh god don't get high hopes
1: can you re- redeem yourself? There's a big sort of proportion of the public who are, who are waiting for this choice to see if if, they can, uh, if they've got anything to order here. But I do like that your pub is very much your pub. You could have said, oh, I'll have Coke Zero and a lager for people who drink lager, but no.
2: Oh, I've been quite selfish there, haven't I? Yeah, yeah but I it's just, your pub. <laughs> it's my pub. I'm going for my, my own option. I don't like lager. OK, my wild card choice is a Lumumba do you know a Lumumba, Robin?
3: No, I don't know a Lumumba.
2: <laughs> so a Lumumba is brandy and chocolate milk.
4: Ooh, oh,
2: and ooh, this la, la. is a drink that my family have when we go on holiday to Spain. For some reason, we just always have it on a family holiday. It's a nightcap drink. So it'll get to a point in the evening where we're off the wine, we're off the rum, the whiskey, the gym, whatever it's been. And we'll all have a Lumumba and again for years i didn't really get involved with the the lamomba and now i've uh, me and me and one of my nephews have gravitated onto it because we both realized that we love chocolate milk so can it be so bad with a bit of brandy in it and it's not it's bloody lovely and you can have them both hot and cold um, but we like them cold
3: right because you're not into the hot drinks no yes yes, yes because yes. i was going to say my girlfriend just got a velvetizer you know one of these hotel chocolat things it's a little uh Machine which he actually puts actual chocolate in and it melts oh it down my God. in quite a hypnotic way into a hot chocolate.
2: That is very exciting.
3: We've had to stop buying the sachets because we're like getting through two or three a day. You're just <laughs> <No>. drinking chocolate <laughs> yeah. all day long. No, not that many, but but I reckon that with a with a with a little bit of brandy in would be delicious.
2: Oh yeah, that would be good. Give it a try for sure. So. It tastes so nice. You have to be very careful in Spain. We had like an ongoing joke with one of the waiters going because, you know, with the language barrier, he brought brought them hot a couple of times. So then in the end, we were going, brr, and doing like a sort of cold every time we ordered one. And then it became an ongoing joke with one of our favourite waiters there at the hotel. He would always go, brr, to us. We'd be like, yeah, do it, brr. Don't want it hot, want it, brr. It's a delicious drink. A great nightcap. Like I feel like as soon as I have one of them, that's it. I'm ready for bed. But also they are lethal. You've got to be careful not to start too early on them. It's a nightcap for a reason because it's strong.
1: Is it sort of adjacent to a chocolate Bailey's?
2: It is a bit Bailey's-ish, yeah. Less of a kind of like coffee taste and Bailey's, I guess. But yeah, it's got a Bailey's.
1: Surprised that there isn't more of a market for sort of alcoholic milkshakes. You think that could be quite sort of on trend, quite a cool thing to do, to go really to town with ice cream and that Baileys uh, point. Mm.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I could drink pints of Baileys, I reckon, but I refrain from doing so because I'll get immediate diabetes, I'm sure. Someone had
1: a pint of Baileys in The Moon Underwater once, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, Sophie Hagen. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And she was very, very annoyed that a lot of places refused to serve Baileys in pint glasses.
2: <laughs> she can come to my pub any time. I will let her have a Bailey's in a pint glass. You've got to have ice in it, though, as well with a Bailey's. And same with the uh, same with the Lumumba.
1: Yeah, I think a pint of Bailey's would be catastrophically expensive. True. What's that, 10 Bailey's? To so, say a Bailey's, four quid. So you're not getting much change out of 50 quid.
2: But you know what? The Aldi uh, Bailey's, Ballycastle, oh, yeah. quite good dupe. Mm. So you could always just get the Sainsbury's do a, a good one as well. That's a, that's a good jupe.
1: Yeah, the one of them's called O'Grady's. Mm. The sort yeah. of uh, Bailey's knockoff.
2: I love an Aldi knockoff name. What's their gin? Because it's like Gordon's, but it's not. Oh, Glenson's something, or something.
1: <laughs> Gl- Glenson's. It is. <laughs>
2: It is. I love it. They do a good pink gin.
1: Well, Katie, we have to whisk you away from our Johnny Come Flyby nightlies because those who don't support the podcast on Patreon don't get to hear your dream pub companion choice. That's just one of the many billions of exciting treats you get for paying six pounds a month to get access. Well, it's not I say billions. That's 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 a complete lie. Um, I think there's six or seven things including we're not limited to uh, advance warning of live tickets for live events the bonus podcast behind the cellar door and the aforementioned dream pub companion so for those who don't subscribe we'll see you back very shortly Uh, but the rest of you come on in We return now, folks, and what a time we've had with Katie's Dream Pub companion. But we've got two more little bits of business uh, before we send you back off into the night, Katie. Uh, first off, what are you barring from your Dream Pub? You're barred.
2: I'm barring rubbish glasses because I think there's so much in the glass, and I hate when. And this is the thing some of the pubs I go to that are a little bit you know, a little bit rough around the edges and they'll serve you a glass of white wine in the smallest glass and I want it in a big glass with a thin stem. And the same, if I go to a pub and I get a gin and lemonade and they put it in a tumbler, oh, I my, my other half knows to, and also when you order a white wine spritzer, which I don't do as much anymore, but when you do, sometimes they put that in a tumbler with ice no it's a wine so my other half knows to if they start pouring a gin or a wine in a tumbler he knows to say to them i want a big gin glass i want some berries in there i want ice you know stick a flower in perhaps it just so much is in the glass i think and how the how the
1: drink looks mm. you can see why they might pop gin and lemonade wine and lemonade especially in a tumbler
2: yeah but it's, it's just that that to me just feels like I'm having a glass of water home. Oh, it's boring it needs to be in a fun glass
1: you want to feel a bit fancy yes
2: I don't do this though but my mum and sister I've not quite adopted this habit yet even though I have taken on a lot of their other drinking habits like the Baileys the Lumumba the, the Sauvignon Blanc they like to steal a glass from time to time from a uh, from a pub. The hotel that we go to quite a lot in Majorca on the last night of one of our holidays there, I went up to my mum and dad's room, and I looked, and there was two of each kind of glass, like a like a sort of glass Noah's Ark, if you will there was wine glasses, gin glasses, prosecco glasses, whiskey glasses, every glass you could think of, with a bit all cleaned and dried with a bit of tissue in each one and I said to my dad, what the hell's this? And he said, oh god, it's your mum. She's been getting a different drink every night and then bringing the glass up to the room and cleaning it and she's taking them all home with her. And they've all got the hotel branding on. So the worst thing is, we've got Miguel, our favorite waiter there on Facebook, and one day mother's day I put a load of photos of us in my mum's living room and she was like, "Oh my god, the glasses, Miguel's going to see them." Amazing. And I was like, like, well, that's what thieving, that, you know, if you're going to steal these things, then, that you know, you're going to get found out.
1: I had a competition <laughs> one year in Edinburgh with my flatmate, George Egg, who's visited the moon underwater, where we had to find the best pint glass in Edinburgh and we would see who could get the best one. But I found a pint glass so nice that I went up to the bar and said, if I put a tenner in the tip jar, can I take this home? And I found felt that was a very pleasant transaction. That's
2: good. I like that you did that, yeah. Because I actually grasped my mum up for this on Radio 1 recently and lots of people texted in to say... Uh, a few people said, "Oh, that's out of order," uh, but uh, most people said, "Oh, they get them from the breweries usually." So unless it is a really special one, I think a lot of them maybe comfortable. But it's still, still the breweries. Someone's paying for it. Uh, but I think that's that's a nice thing to do. Definitely, my sister will often come back from the Cuban Bar in Manchester with a you know pineapple shaped cocktail glass or something from time to time.
1: What's your least favorite glass, Rob? Oh, I don't like
3: those big steins.
2: Oh, you don't like a Stein? No. I well sometimes you, you get
3: certain beers that are poured in a Stein. And I just find I find it sometimes because of the way the, the shape of the glass that it tends to mean make it less fizzy.
2: It's quite hard to drink out of a Stein, actually.
1: It is too heavy. It's quite a lot of work on the wrist, mm. and also you don't like those beer Moretti sort of big tulip ones, do you? Oh, do you not like no, those? No, I don't like the I tulip I quite tulip like ones them. No. We've got a
2: couple of those at home, and I quite I like a Coke in them mm. from time to time. Yeah, there's so much in a glass. It's so important. The taste is completely different depending on the glass.
1: Well, what a journey it's been, Katie. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for coming to The Moon Underwater. You have created... Well, I mean, I... What's the word? It's sort of quite... It's got a diabetic vibe to it. (laughs) Coke Zero and Diet Coke on draft. J2O and Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc in the bottles. We've got Pink Gin, Two Birds, Strawberry and Vanilla, available from Moonpig.com. Captain Morgan's Spiced Rum and a Lumumba, which is a mixture of brandy and chocolate milk. Uh, What glass would a Lumumba be served in, ideally?
2: So that should be in kind of a a small, like kind of like a whiskey glass type thing, I think. So similar to maybe what you do, or a sherry glass or something, like you do a Bailey's.
1: Oh, so it's not a long, it's not a tall drink. Mm,
2: No thinking about it, though, no, it's kind of change. yeah, sometimes I'll bring it in a small tumbler, sometimes a large one, it can be in a large one, it can be, yeah.
1: Okay, so it's just up to the individual churchgoer. Yeah. You've got uh, a very, very exciting pub companion, you've also got Arctic Monkeys, AM, playing for memories of uh, meeting and dating your husband, which is, I think it's very sweet when people fall in love to sort of rock albums.
2: Hmm.
3: Hurry up, please. It's time.
1: There's not a rubbish glass in sight, but what are we going to call this place?
2: (laughs) Okay, so bear with me, because this is a rubbish name, but there's a story behind it. So me and my friends, I don't even know where this comes from. Oh, I do know exactly where it comes from. There is a pub near us called The Jill and Something, and I've got a friend called Jill, who is in her 30s, despite sounding like she's 80. The Jill, what's it called? It's called The Something and Jill. And we just find it really funny that it's got her name in the pub. So we will often joke, if we go to a pub, change the name. So we will go, so say it's the Red Lion, we'll call it the Red Jill or the Red Katie or the Katie and Pheasant or the, you know. So I am very simply going for, because this is one of the things that we do, The Dog and Katie, (laughs) because, of course, uh, you know, the dog and whatever popular pub name. And I am dog mad, dog obsessed. Another thing I would have in my pub is I'd have it be a dog friendly pub, because even though I don't have a dog of my own, I'm obsessed with dogs. And I like to accost dogs in, in the local pubs when they're there. So I would be very much welcoming all the dogs in and having it be dog friendly. So therefore I would call it The Dog and Katie.
1: Well, does Phil know that this is the only reason you're hanging out with him is because he's the closest you've got to a real dog?
2: Honestly, when I was on CBBC, I used to go, can we get a dog? Blue Peter have a dog. Can we have a dog? Because obviously I wanted one, but I didn't have time for one because I was always at work. And I thought, well, that's great. I can bring it in. And they'd go, you've got a hacker. And I'd be like, well, not the same. It's really fun watching real dogs interact with hackers. Some of them love him. Some of them hate him. Oh, really? It's it's really weird because they obviously know. They know it's more than like a toy or a teddy. They know it's not a dog. They're so confused by it. It's somewhere in between, and they're like, you know, their their reaction to it is great.
1: I guess it's both a dog and not a dog.
2: They know it won't smell like a dog, but they're like, but it's moving like a dog. It's not a teddy. It's very confusing for them, poor things.
1: Well, we thank you so much for joining us here in the moon underwater, and we send you out into uh, the night here in the correct realm to make your journey back. And the dog and Katie is with you to take (laughs) wherever you want and to have whenever you need it the most. Bye-bye. I've
2: loved it. Thank you both.